Welcome to Blessed Mama Bosses Podcast, where we teach you every single thing you need to know about scaling to a multiple six-figure network marketing business and doing it in a fun, exciting, easy, strategic way using social media. I'm Blair Critch, a retired teacher, mom of two teen boys, wife of a recovering addict, woman going through ovarian cancer who went from bankruptcy to building multiple online businesses. Systems, strategies, organization, and goals are my jam. I am Kelly Hoover, a retired pharmaceutical rep, girl mom, brain tumor survivor, and social media ninja. By setting goals and creating action plans, I win big, and so can you. I am the connection queen and time planner of this duo. And why are we sharing? Because we know you've got things to do, mama. You want to go on trips with your kiddos. You want to be more present. You want to live your life with more purpose, and we got you covered. Let's dig in and become a blessed mama boss and do the dang thing. Hey there, blessed mama. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Are you hitting that snooze button way too often or reaching for multiple cups of coffee? Don't worry. We have you covered. Check out the system that Kelly and I both use to have all-day sustainable energy to help with our digestive health, sleep, as well as keeping your antioxidant health up. Listen, this is a premium lifestyle system. It's here to help you experience peak physical and mental levels. It is three simple steps every morning that's changed millions of lives, including Kelly and mine. So we want to make sure we help you as you are trying to build your business to six figures and beyond. As you're trying to help your family and others, we want to make sure that you're helping yourself. So reach out to us at blessedmamabosses at gmail.com with the subject line, free sample, and we'll get you set up with a free three-day sample. We want you to feel, look, and be your best. Hey there, Blessed Mama. Welcome to our podcast today. I have a special guest, a friend of mine, who is going to be talking today about grief. And I know if you are listening to this right now, you have either gone through a season of grieving, maybe you're currently in a season of grieving, or maybe you are one of those people who just hasn't had to go through it at all but I promise you that you're going to have to go through some form of grief in your life. And this is going to be a podcast that is going to touch your heart. I have no doubt. So I'm going to introduce you guys to Erica Mulhall. She is a good friend of mine. I actually had the pleasure of having Erica as a roommate at one of my retreats for my business in January of 2020 before the whole world shut down. It was like a month later, right? Everything shut down. But uh, in that weekend, I was actually going through something really hard. I had just found out a couple of days before I had to be at that retreat. I had taken my dad to the hospital. He ended up finding out he had cancer, was going to have to go through some surgery. I went to the retreat anyways, because I was in charge of it, knowing that he was just going to be in the hospital for the weekend and have surgery the following week. And it was a rough weekend for me. And I remember hearing Erica share about a really hard time in her life. And it really inspired me to sit and listen and to watch how she was handling life and to see how she was doing the things that she was doing. Because Grief comes in lots of different forms. Grief can come from losing somebody. Grief can come from losing a situation. It can come from losing a family member or even just grief over what's going on right now in the world, right? Or watching somebody else go through grief. And in that moment where I thought I could possibly lose my dad in the weeks to come, I also realized after hearing uh, Erica's story and seeing her success in life and still being a successful woman and wife and mom and entrepreneur, 
I thought about the times in my life where I've lost something. And there have been times, even if it wasn't a person, there were things that I lost. We went through a major bankruptcy. We went through uh, my husband's addiction. I lost the person he was. He's a totally different man now. And thank goodness I like him better. But there was a season where I didn't. I mean, he was a totally different person, right? I had to grieve the old Ryan and, and accept the new one that got a place in my life. And so I'm so excited for you guys to hear this today. And I'm hoping that you guys will hear through this something that you can take. Because what Erica doesn't know is watching her strength helped me last year when I got the diagnosis that I had cancer. And it was one of those moments where I was like, gosh, there have been a few women in my life who have really like spoken into my heart or have inspired me. And I'm getting teary eyed saying this, but Erica, what you went through was so deep and so hard. And what I went through can't even compare to that, but I could use the strength that you showed me and the tools that I saw you providing to others. So I'm so blessed and thankful for you today that you're willing to dive into that hard time in your life to share that vulnerable space with all of these listeners today. So you guys, at the end of this, you'll see in the show notes, all of Erica's info. She'll also share it at the end of this episode today, but I want you to really be just open to what she shares today and then shares your love with her. Because there is nothing better when you share something vulnerable than other people telling you how it helped them. It will push you and inspire you to continue to share a story that is very difficult. So I encourage you to make sure you reach out to Erica, you know, tag this podcast, take a screenshot, tag Erica, let her know in private message how it reached you personally, because that will inspire and motivate her because I know this story needs to be shared with more people. So Erica, share with us this morning what you feel most comfortable with about grief and being a woman and, you know, just kind of getting through it. I don't have any prepared questions, but I will interrupt you and share your story. You know oh I yeah, mean? please. Oh my gosh. And yes, before I forget to say, get in touch if, if you need me, because I'm here. There's been many people that have helped me along the years of all the things that have left marks on my life with even just one phrase. And so I'll kind of, maybe I'll start it with the one phrase that impacted me almost the most is that someone said to me, there would be light in my life again. And I remember thinking that that was the craziest thing I'd ever heard, that there would never be light, that there would never be laughter and happiness. And then one day there was. And so I say that phrase to people all the time because it was one of the most profound things that anyone's ever said to me. So gosh, I was writing notes because I feel like this story takes shape depending on where I start maybe, but you know, I say to myself, life could always be worse. And then people look at me like I'm crazy because that seems like a crazy thing for a woman to say who's lost her child. And my son passed away seven years ago. He was nine months old and he had bacterial meningitis, which hits me hard at times, especially during COVID, you know, we're talking about illness all the time. And so one of the things I wrote down while you were introducing this, and thank you again for having me, I should say that I I really feel as though telling my story is therapy for me. And if it helps even one person, then my work is done. When Kellen died, I always thought, okay, I have to have like a, a foundation, a purpose, a way to share his legacy and help other women who need me. And I thought, you know, this is how those 5k walks get started or something like I didn't really know what I was going to do with my story. And what I've realized is that my story is his legacy and sharing it is the best way that I can remember him. Someday I'll write a book in my spare time, right? (laughs) But grief, gosh, I feel like it can either fuel you or it can paralyze you. And I've met a lot of women who have been paralyzed and I feel for them. And, and yet, 
and this might be harsh, I don't understand it because for me, it fueled me. It fueled me to get out of bed, put my pants on right from the start. Cause people would say to me, like, do you ever wish it was you? Do you wish that, you know, you had died and not him? And I was like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Also people, people have said a lot of things to me that I just never understood. And I don't take it personally, really. It's hard to understand my life on the other side. And so sometimes I try to just look at it and say, you know, it's okay that you asked if I have more than one child because you didn't expect my answer, you know, but for me, well, I think there's something powerful in that though, Erica, and I hope all the listeners out there hear that stop before you speak because even when I found out I had cancer last fall, you have no idea the most idiotic things that people said to me that, you know, we all have to self-reflect on ourselves. So me, myself, I had to go, okay, wait, they just didn't know what to say, right? They're not trying to be hurtful. They're not trying to be rude. They're not trying to be disrespectful. They just didn't know what to say. But I also want to say to all of you listening, we as women are empathetic. So stop and think before you speak. Yeah. Right. And if you don't know what to say, tell the person that I have some questions. I don't know what is appropriate and not appropriate and let them give you permission to ask them those questions. I'm glad you brought that up, Erica, because that is a really big thing. And I can't imagine the things that people said. I'm sure there was all kinds of things that really rubbed you the wrong way. I mean, initially it was very hurtful. And I would think like, why in the world would you ask me if I thought there was a purpose for my son dying? Because there is no, you know, can I swear on this? You know, I mean, I was like, that is, that is ludicrous. You know, like there's no purpose. Why would you say that? And, and then I realized that people just try to comprehend what this life might be like. And they ask me all the time. I'm like, I don't even know. I mean, I, I don't know what it's like. It's just, this is my life. I try to have compassion for the other side when they, when, you know, I talk about my daughter, Eloise, she's six and they'll say, Oh, do you have other kids? And I say, yeah, I do. My son passed away seven years ago. And it's like so normal for me, like cancer. It's normal for you, you know, but for them, they immediately shut up and they feel super awkward. And then I just say, I mean, I'm trying, I'm not trying to excuse any of my grief, but I just say, it's okay. You didn't know. I'm happy to talk about him. Just like maybe you're happy to talk about your, your cancer because they don't know. There's a woman who I met over the last year and she'll know who she is if she listens to this, but we have had some of the most in-depth conversations and honest about like not understanding each other's sides. And that was really important to me because she was so intuitive on, you know, what her life is like in mine. So anyways, I appreciate that you said to take a moment. That's hard. You know, it's like in the beginning, I would end up making other people feel better, you know, and like maybe you did that too, where you like make them feel better for your cancer. Like I made the, I like soothed them over my own grief and it was super weird. I love that you just said that because I've never been able to verbalize that, but that's exactly, it was like, I was having to take care of all these other people in their feelings. And then I realized, why am I doing that? That is ridiculous. ridiculous. You got to sit in this. So I love that you said that. So obviously you went through something very difficult, what most of us will never be able to experience, but you have used it, like you said, for your story and to help others. And you share it very openly. And I'm wondering, like, what do you feel like are the biggest ways that you have been able to move forward in life? I know you'll never forget 
this story is always on your heart and your mind, but you do have this gorgeous daughter and you do really live life, Erica. Like I see you, you live life. She has an amazing uh, medical spa. She works as a nurse. She has this gorgeous daughter. She does her Thrive business on the side. She travels, she has fun. She just got back from Disney World with her daughter. Like I see you living life. So help us with that. Like how did you get out of that pit of despair that I'm sure you felt and I'm sure you still feel sometimes? and move into this space of, I'm going to use this to fuel me. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things. I just felt right away that I couldn't just stay in bed. I mean, I like wine, like I like yoga pants. That could be a great, it seems like a great way to live, except my husband needed me. That could be the name of your book. That could be, I like wine. I like wine and yoga pants. (laughs) That should be the name of your book, Erica. Write that down. I just remember thinking like, I can't, Stay in this place, my husband needs me. And so I've always looked at it like being sad is so hard. It's really literally painful. Like it hurts me. I'm not going to say a good cry doesn't feel good. It's very soothing. It's very like releasing. I'm a very emotional crier. So I can cry based on any emotion if it's big enough. And it feels really good to cry. It really does. Because it's like those tears are just like my life running out, you know, but I've also always felt that it's too hard to exist in that place. So I know that it seems like people look at me and I feel like they must tilt their head to the side and go, Oh, you should be so sad all the time. And I appreciate that. It's noticed that I have been able to, I think about him every day, every single day. And I could cry every day, except that that's really hard. And it's like swimming upstream, climbing up a mountain every single day to live there in that place. But it's also easier for me to climb up the mountain and find the happiness that's at the top. You know, it's like floating down a river, like the lazy river is in my sadness. It's very passive and you could stay there and just float around, but that doesn't bring me joy. And I think part of grief, and I I don't even think that you have to lose a child, have cancer, you know, have something like this happen to you to feel the emotions that I feel. Like I talked to a lot of friends who have gone through divorce and I'll be honest, well, those are totally different, but the feeling of loss is the same. The feeling of grieving the life you had is the same. But I also think that you have to put on your big girl panties and say, I can grieve the loss of my former self. Like I was me, I met my husband, then I was, you know, in a partnership and then we got married and then I was a wife and then I was a mother and then I wasn't a mother. And that place in between my children was a very confusing place. And I think you could probably separate your life no matter what you've been through and say, I am not the same woman I was seven years ago and I will never be her again, but I'm okay with that because I've learned a lot. And, you know, that saying of like, oh, I just want to get back to like who I was is also ludicrous to me because you can't, you know, too much, you know? So good. That is so good. That is so true because right now I'm in that space, right? I will never be the same person I was before last fall. And I'm still trying to figure out who am I now? I'm actually reading an amazing book. You would probably love it, actually, Erica. You might have already read it before. It's called The Untethered Soul, The Journey Beyond Mm. Yourself by Michael A. Smith. 
And it is very deep. It's like, you know, very about like our subconscious and thoughts in our head. But when you are talking about crying and allowing yourself to cry and being emotional now, I think there's a lot of us women who are listening to this. And I was this woman before last fall. And now I'm no longer this woman who would hold in my tears. I wouldn't allow myself to cry. I thought that somehow that meant I was strong by not crying. Well, guess what? You hold that up and you block your body in different places. And then that actually breeds illness. So I have learned a lot about hormones because my cancer was hormone driven. So I've learned a lot about blocking hormones can actually lead to disease and illness and all these different things. And so now when I start to feel that feeling, I just let it flow. Like, let yourself cry it out. And I love that you said that in such a free way. And you won't ever be the same. And honestly, if we're truly looking to grow and be better, we shouldn't be the same as we were two days ago. We should Absolutely. be continuously evolving. Yeah. Well, totally I love that agree. You that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's sayings about how tears are like your memories rolling down your face or like dropping on your page. And I think that's really true. Like, we can remember all these things, but I mean, okay this is harsh, but it's like, for me to just sit around and pine for him is not going to bring me joy. And that sounds like to someone who doesn't, who hasn't like embraced this yet. Like maybe I don't miss him, but it's that he changed my life and he changed everyone around him. And then Eloise came and also brought this light into the world that like is a whole nother podcast on how this happened. And I feel like, you know, but he wouldn't want me to do that. He wouldn't want, and I know this in my very soul that he would want his mama to be happy because when he was nine months old, he was just getting to that stage of playing. And I remember so clearly that he was sitting you know, I was like sitting Indian style and he was sitting in my lap and he like reached back and tapped me on the knee. And all I can remember thinking is is he was like, mama, look at this, mama, this is so cool. And he didn't talk, he didn't walk yet, but we, we just, we know so much about his little spirit and it wasn't actually little, it was quite big. So I've also thought a lot about, and I don't know if we've talked about this, like labeling things as failure and having to have like this mountain of failures in your life to get to success. And I do not like that at all because then I would look at my life and just say well I have nothing but like this mountain of failure except I look at it and say failure and can mean a lot of things like this mountain of experiences that are so traumatic but he taught me so much about how to be a mom how to be a wife how to be a person a friend he taught me that taking my daughter to Disney World was the most important thing on my list you know, so that we could experience that together. Yeah. I mean, so many things, right? Yeah. I'm gonna have to get that book, by the way. (laughs) Well, and, you know, unfortunately, it takes a lot of times something difficult to make us see the beauty Mm, in life. So true. And so I know that hearing somebody say, what's the purpose? I mean, I had that question asked of me, like, what do you think the purpose is that you got cancer? And I don't particularly love that question, but I understood what the person was trying to say. And I went home and I journaled about it and all these amazing things came up. And I have to tell you, I'm enjoying life right now in a completely different space. And I feel like I've always been a happy person, but it is a different kind of happy. It's choosing to enjoy them. 
right? And before I was just going through the days and I just feel like I'm so much more clear now and I'm so much more focused now, but the grief does hit you. I'm sure like strange, weird moments. And I know that I've had women who are listening to this podcast right now. So I'd love to ask you this question who say, you know, I can't stop crying or I can't stop feeling that emotion. And I feel like, you know, what do I do next? What do you say to people who ask you that? Oh, that's a good question. No one's ever asked me that, except that all I can say is that the summer after Kellen died, he died in the spring. And so that brings up a whole another conversation I'll come back to later. But what did I do with myself? I cried everywhere, all around town. Turns out you get free cake sometimes if you cry in a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Makes the waitress really uncomfortable. So they bring you cake. But... I did the things that helped me feel strong and in control because my life felt so not mine. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know how to be a mom without her baby. I didn't know how to be a friend because I needed things and I didn't know how to get that. And so I found yoga this summer after he died. I don't even know what made me go into that class, but I went and the instructor started the class with, you know, they started with like an intention or a dedication. This is, a, and she said, let go of the details of your life for one hour, like on this mat. And that was another of the most profound things. Like I can remember from seven years ago, you know, I can't remember yesterday, but I can remember this stuff. Let go of the details of your life. And I like picked my head up and I was like, who knows I'm here. You know, like, I don't think who told her, I thought she was talking directly to me, but it can apply to anyone. And she was right because I didn't know how I was going to breathe. I didn't know how I was going to, you know, move to the next minute, but for one hour I could let it go. And that's what I did. I just tried to let myself have one hour a day to let it go, breathe. And so my mat became the only place I could breathe. And I would leave and it would all come rushing back again. And I, I cried on my mat so many times. Sometimes I just laid there and cried and a friend would hold my hand and that was what I needed. So my advice to these women is just, if you can let it go, an hour is a long time. Maybe you can do 10 minutes, let it go and just take a deep breath. And that's really, really hard when you're grieving. But then I found myself on my bike and I would bike this path. It was like a, it's like a 12 mile path. And I felt strong with like the wind blowing on me. And so I think my advice is find the place you can breathe, find the place you feel in control and do that. And I think I found a little bit of myself that summer realizing that I could be strong, even though that's been like a running theme in my life, even though it seems like I should be broken now. Yeah. But you said, choose. I wrote that down. I put a box around it choose, choose it. You have to choose happiness. You have to choose to stop crying for an hour. You might not be able to just wait for it because it might never come if you don't actively choose it, you know, and then also be gentle with yourself. So like, if you cry on your mat, like I did, who cares? Maybe I breathe, maybe I could let it go for 10 minutes, you know, choose. That's a good word. I like that a lot. Um, mm -hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah. That's a good question. I like that one. I hope that's helpful. You know, I think it really will be. And, you know, here's the other thing. I know you're a working mom, wife, woman, and a lot of the listeners that listen to this podcast are also working. And so when you're dealing with grief while working, mm. how did you handle that? Gosh, 
one day at a time. I mean, I, uh, I remember thinking like, and you probably felt this too, Blair, like you walk into a room and is it stamped on my forehead? Like her baby died, you know, like all over my forehead. And so that was a very uncomfortable place for me. And of course I had to just keep moving one foot forward. You know, you don't really move on. So that's what I did at work. Um, people were gentle with me. Well, I can imagine Erica, it must've been harder for you than the average person because you were going into a medical yeah. hospital yeah. where you also, you know, might not have been the exact same hospital. I don't know, but it's still the same feeling, the same smells, mm-hmm. the same, you know, and so all your senses are enhanced and it brings back the mm-hmm. memory immediately. So that's a good point. I imagine that was very, yeah, I had a, some very, you know, probably scary, alarming, like PTSD moments where I would be driving and I would see an ambulance and I, I would not remember how I got to my location. Like an ambulance was very triggering for me. And I still take a pause if there's a patient that I have to take care of that has meningitis. And I can often ask a friend like, this is not for me. I couldn't take care of kids for a long time. And now I can, I mean, he would be eight this year, which is crazy. And so every now and then I'll take care of a cute little blonde boy and it doesn't hit me right away. But later on in the day, it's like this delayed reaction. And I don't know, there are certain parts of my story that I certainly, I don't go to that get really hard. And sometimes I'll let myself do it and it is healing, but I probably protect a lot of that, but I'll have this like delayed reaction. I'll be like, oh, well, that could have been him or something, you know, and I just feel the moment and know that. I can go home and hug Eloise. You know, in all honesty, I don't know if she would be here if Kellen was. I really don't. And that's really a hard thing that my sister once said to me because we had this gift in the form of, you know, this this rainbow baby, Eloise, when she came. And I was like, you're right. This is the most beautiful gift because... She's really something. And I don't, yeah, I don't know if she would have been here, but he gave us that then, you know, that's how I have to see it. Just beautiful. Honestly. Thank you. Beautiful. And she will have that strength as she gets Mm -hmm. older too. So I know we're getting, you know, we try to keep these podcasts like 15. Oh, sorry. (laughs) But I am curious because like I said, there's a lot of moms on here. How do you talk about grief with your daughter? Let's close with that because I'm sure you guys share very openly with her. You're such an open soul. And so I'm sure you've done that with her as well. You know, that's a really interesting question. She has felt him from the moment she showed up. And I can't explain that other than things she has seen him. She has felt him. We talk about him all the time and she'll get sad sometimes and she'll cry and say, I just miss him. I wish he was here. Mom, why can't he be here? And I, you know, we're, we are very open with her and we say, you know, he got sick. I'm baby. I'm, I know. I wish he was here too. We have a book that is actually for like the death of a pet, but it actually has been one of the best books. And I wish I could remember the name of it, but the story of it is, is that we have these invisible strings tied to our pets in heaven. And every now and then you can pull on the string and they can pull on the string. And that is like when you might see your kitty out of the corner of your eye. And so we kind of talk about Kellen in terms of he has a string to us. Whenever we have a balloon that Eloise will get, we send it up to him because it's her gift to him. And so we, we just try to talk about our feelings as best we can. I say, it's okay if you miss him. I miss him all the time. You know, she's starting to ask questions about like, you know, 
did you want kids? Ooh, that was a good one the other day. <laughs> but I, you know, and so we, we talk about this a lot. I'm sure one day I'll tell her all about how he came early and, and we'll talk more about it. I think we just have to be as open as their little minds can handle, you know, because I don't want to scare her. Totally. Yeah, especially with COVID. Like, I don't want to scare her about being sick that is something that's very yeah. hot button in our house. You know, we don't deal with fevers very well. So I think sometimes she hides if something doesn't feel right because she knows I'll worry. She knows. She knows. Mm. So I think it's beautiful that you guys have taught her to tribute and to feel and to lean into those emotions because I do think that those of us that are listening, I hope you agree. I feel like we're all starting to evolve and learn that emotions are important. And just because you're a woman doesn't mean you need to hold off your emotions, right? I think there became this wave, unfortunately, with all of us going to work and becoming strong, independent women and, you know, this great feminist movement that we had, some things got lost along the way. And one of them was oh, emotions. Yeah. And when we try to suppress them, what happens is we actually get sick or we feel worse. Right. And so I think it's so beautiful that you're teaching her that at such a young yeah. age. I mean, so I think, thank you so much. One, I'll just say this. I think like you're saying that you get sick, but you also become a person you're not supposed to be when you don't share the real deal. And we stifle that part of us. So this is my real deal, you know? Yeah. Anyways, thank you for letting me share today. Love that. Yes. Thank you. So I will get from Erica the name of that children's yes. book as well. And we'll put that in the show notes. And Erica, where can they find you? We'll put this as well in the show notes, but where can they find you on Instagram, Facebook? It's Erica underscore Mulhall and it's E-R-I-C-K-A. <laughs> That's a good way or Facebook. Facebook Messenger is probably the best way to get in touch, but please don't hesitate if there's something that I said that you just want to hash out a little bit. I'm here for you. No matter what your loss is, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be my loss to feel the feels, you know? So yeah, please don't hesitate. Okay, sure that you've evolved in your group too, because I do think that sometimes that's very hard for mm -hmm. people, right? When somebody tries to compare your grief with somebody else's yeah. grief, but we all have grief and just different things. And so being available and helpful to others is such a blessing and it will make you feel good as well. Right. So Thanks so much, Erica, for being on here today and sharing from your authentic place and just helping women. And, you know, obviously, if you're having a really hard time with grief, I want to make sure I say this very loud and clear. Get yes. help. Go find somebody who is a professional who can help you through this. It is so important. It does not mean you've been weak. I did out. If be, you're at the spot. Yeah, to be clear, I also saw a professional. I want to be clear on that. Like this did not happen on my own. I, I did that. Yes. Thank you. I'm so glad because sometimes I think that we feel like there's somehow a defeat in that and there's not. So if you need help, get the help. Um, but then also continue to always work on it. And I feel like that's what you've really shared and be authentic and find an outlet, a place where you can share and help others, because as you're helping others, you will also be able to go through your own grief, you know, the way that you need to. So Erica, thank you so much for joining us today. And you guys make sure you reach out and share with Erica what you got from this today and check out the show notes below. Have a great day. Make it a great day for others. You are not alone. We hear from you all the time that you want to scale your network marketing business to six figures and beyond, but you just don't know how. Well, guess what? Yes, we have a solution for you. Grab the Network Marketing Accelerator course and take your profitable business to your dream business, everything you dreamed of. This course has everything you need to scale your business online. Let's go have some fun and make some money. You can grab the course at blessedmamabossescourses.com. We'll see you inside.